Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is time for our Counterpoint. We've got them in place, ready to go. We got Andy Stinton. Oh, the small guy, business guy. And I should tell you that Counterpoint is brought to you by Pizzaville, 416 736 3636, or head on over to pizzaville.ca and grab yourself a pie. So, yes, Andy Stinton, the small businessman. Hello. Hi. What's this nice June day? It's freezing today. I know, but it's you not raining. You have a coat on and you're telling the listeners, oh, what a beautiful day But it's day not it raining. I can actually, it's like clear. And Michael Diamond with Upstream Strategy Group. Hello. You know, I'm looking at the skies and I have a much more sunny disposition than Andy Stinton. Of course you do, because I, you're wonderful. I've lowered my expectations for this season. I'll just be happy when it's not raining. The quote, President Donald Trump, global uh, warming, where have you gone? We need you back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you see him with the queen today? That was fantastic. She, she asked the questions he here, bro- Andy. He broke protocol. He put his hand on her back. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah, he only did. one of those two people won an election. She can she can go away. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she won an election for 500 years ago with knives and daggers okay, and stuff. Okay, can we, can, can, there are some people in the monarchy that deserve respect. She would be one of them. Yes, okay? yes, Michael. So I'm sure she's a lovely lady. I'm sure she Don't is, govern too. me. Shush. All right. <laughs> Premier Ford says he will not be going to Pride. Not news. He made it pretty clear uh, that as long as police officers were out, so was he. Um, but Pride is nothing, I think, but politics these days used by politicians to pander for votes. Here is um, the leader of the Green Party MPP, Michael Schrein. Schreiner, on, on his reaction to the Premier not going. He's had a number of excuses over the years of why he doesn't march in the parade. I think it's 2019. It's time for political leaders to stand up for LGBTQ plus rights. And I'll be proudly marching in the pride parade. I got to be honest, Andy, if, if a politician's not sincere, whether it be Doug Ford or anybody else, why would you want them there? I mean, that's to me what pride has turned out to be. It's a wedge issue of who's going to go and who's not. And you'll, you'll you'll score points if you do go. And if you don't, well, you're a bad person. I think he should go. But I mean, the fact that he's saying, I'm not going to go this year because the police aren't involved. He's never mean even when the police were involved. Okay. And, and I think it's part of his job. He should represent all parts of the community. I think he should march right along with everybody else and show that he is a leader and he's not going to hide from any of the issues that surround that community. But if he's not sincere, I would have more time, Michael, if these politicians went to some of the events during the week, like the AIDS vigil. Or, you know, they don't, they all just show up for the parade. Great, that's the easy part. Why don't you go in and do some of the events that aren't so splashy? Well, and we, we do see that uh, with some politicians often that they'll go to the church service mm-hmm. or, or to the vigil or other events, some of the fundraisers at the week. Uh, Andy, I just need to take exception with a few things you said. You said that uh, really? Doug Ford has never attended even when the police were there. Doug, Doug Ford had attended Pride before. I know this for a fact. He's been premier. This will be his second Pride as premier. Both of those years, the Toronto Police Force, Toronto's some of the finest men and women in this city have been banned by the organizers of this parade. Good on him for not going. Pride Pride, pride should be an event to unite people. If the organizers are deciding to divide people by excluding police officers, including those in the LGBTQ community, shame on them. And I'll stand with the Premier and standing with our men and women in blue. I, I think it's a poor excuse. 
I, I really, really do. I mean, his brother didn't. They have some. He's fam- on, They have some family event that they attend on this weekend. Even I know that because I've read it in the paper, and it's been an issue other years. Again, so but if they're not sincere about going, why should any politician? Because it's go? part of his job. I know, but you know what? I don't He's want someone to going represent to represent the people. He, does. he was elected, as Mike you said. He's, he is the people's. Chosen person. Mike Schreiner said it's 2019 and people need to stand for LGBTQ rights. I would like to understand how marching in this parade is standing for LGBTQ rights. Let's look at Doug Ford's record and point to me a place where he's been opposed to rights for for that community or anyone, and then we can talk. That's such a weak argument. Oh, yeah. Practice practice over showmanship. How about he just shows up and does his job? But if you're not doing anything, what's the point of showing up? But it's representative. Window dressing. I just think it's insincere. It's it's, sure. Stupid. Isn't that every politician? Parades are stupid, and they're they're unfair to vehicle drivers like Alex and myself. <laughs> I actually I I used to really enjoy the pride uh, parade. I would enjoy I just think it it's if it too was political. not cutting off traffic in my neighborhood. Yeah, right, the way move. you drive, Michael, it's not going to make any difference. Yeah. I'll get you both afloat this year. Um, <laughs> After months of hysteria that there are no savings to be found and teachers are going to be fired, like literally, hair has been on fire for months now in the province of Ontario. And now the Toronto Sun exposing millions in spending on things like, oh, yeah, high-end iPhone contracts. Um, I I, I got to be honest. I, I read this story and I think, Michael, this is just the this is just a drop in the bucket, drop in a bucket. And the school board is saying tonight, no, 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 that's not what happened. We canceled the contract. But the point is they wrote this contract in February of 2019. They canceled it last Thursday. And clearly there are savings to be found. I'm assuming that they canceled the contract after they got a question about it from the Toronto Sun reporter, Brian Lilly. No, apparently they said that's not the case. (laughs) That's a gotcha journalism. (laughs) I mean, good on Brian Lilly because Brian Lilly had identified more potential efficiencies and savings at TBDS, uh, TSDB, whatever it's called, and the city of Toronto. Than any of these bureaucrats or politicians that those two levels of uh, office have have done so good on Brian. Yeah, it's no surprise to any regular taxpayer that there's a lot of efficiencies that they can do uh, more while spending less, just like households across Ontario have had to. Hold on a second. Why are we buying four thousand highest end iPhones? Not to mention the data plan, everything else, Be- and all the bells and whistles. Because these politicians are addicted to spending other people's money. Right. Okay. And they never think they're going to get caught. <laughs> this is where I. Think think that and he stated it in his platform that that I, I thought was the good part of, of Ford's platform is that by grouping buying together you can save money that made a lot of sense as a businessman to me he came up with some common sense things this I think cutting back and making them stand up and look at their own expenses this is a direct product of Ford and for this I like him for the thing I don't understand about this contract it's very strange that all of their phones all broke down at the same Apparently, time. Apparently, yeah. And everybody needs one because right. the normal process is that, you know, you trade them in and out as people go along. They're looking at top-end phones mm. that I don't have. And Hon- I'm a honestly, in, in the private sector, in, in this business, I mean, I've always had my own phone, per- period. And then at tax time, I write off what portion. So, I mean, that's what in the real life. But even in a private company, oftentimes they will give you a phone that belonged to somebody else. They've refurbished it. And here you go. Nowhere in the public sector do they ever seem to think, 
okay, we need a piece of technology. What makes sense? You know, we're going to get the iPhone, but let's get the iPhone 6 or 7, or maybe we'll get the Samsung or whatever. Yep. They just go automatically for the Apple, you so know. They, they've gone for the $1,600 phone, whether you go Android or you go Apple. There are five or $600 phones that would aptly do the big. The bit that got me is, and there were cigarette charges. Sure, yeah. Even if you get a company phone, you buy your own. And it was all the, and a Defender case is a top of the line case. That's 40 or 50 bucks. Right, buy it yourself. Well, Alex, when did you say this contract was allegedly negotiated? It was in February of 2019. February, which is getting close to March. And what happens in the public sector in March? March madness. It's not just about uh, the basketball in America. It's about bureaucrats in this country but, spending every last dollar they can. It's our money, though. Well, no, it's it's actually coming out of the classrooms. That's the thing we hear yes. about, that this is coming out of the classrooms. It's going to hurt our kids. There's not going to be breakfast programs. There's not going to be this. And you know what you're going to have while the kids are starving? Your fancy, dancy iPhone. I, and that's I agree, just totally. Uh, all of these alleged cuts by the city of Toronto and the school board were were what they were choosing to cut. It shows where their priorities are, not where the premiers well, are. They the premier think, actually respects that. If they don't think there are more of these things coming out, they all better start watching because it's it's a matter of time before more of these headlines start to drop in all the boards across Ontario, be it Toronto, wherever. These stories are now going to start dropping. Maybe all the teachers that have been laid off can get together and buy uh, Michael a new phone because he's like got the iPhone Zero over there. Well, I, mean, I don't if, have an iPhone if, if, if because I wouldn't join a call to whose leader is already dead. <laughs> huh? Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, that was actually not bad for you, Michael. There you go. Y- you stepped up to mediocrity <laughs> for once in your life. Um, let's just quickly get this one in. A uh, massive news event held uh, for a very big donation. This uh, going to Sick Kids Hospital, a $100 million uh, donation made by Peter Gilgan Foundation. That That's big, but I think some people, and here's here's the announcement. Here's the announcement of this It is my honor and my privilege to announce this morning that Peter and his family are donating $100 million to the Hospital for Sick Children. So they made a very public display of this, Michael, but wouldn't it have made more sense to bring the kids out? The faces and and, you know, those who are actually going to be affected by this donation. I mean, are we okay, okay with always making... I am. Uh, I think if someone wants to make a donation of that significant uh, amount, I don't care how it's celebrated. Let them choose because the results are going to be uh, for the kids, and that's a wonderful thing. So uh, I'm incredibly thankful for a donation like this to uh, sick kids, and uh, we we all should be. I, I hate to say this, but I, I agree with the guy in the pink shirt over Even, there. It's, it's actually salmon. It's pink. It's Carl. Yeah, I got to be honest. I mean, if you make you if you make that kind of donate, any kind of, it's your choice with how they they celebrate or put your name on yep. a building or whatever. Once in a while, it's nice when no one is known for the donation and it just happens for good reasons. Like you don't need the adulation. However, they want to do it. I yeah. agree with you. Though that's great. This is great. When Andy agrees that I am right, doesn't have enough. <laughs> let's that's not also fight great. It. Let's not <laughs> fight. Great and great. Let's, All right. let's, let's move to a break. Let's pause here because we've got your. We've got a couple more things to go through in the next uh, half of this counter. Point, which is brought to you by Pizzaville, 416-736-3636 or pizzaville.ca. They'll get you all set up. We'll be back for round two of how we're going to solve apparent genocide in this country. That next here on Point on Global News Radio. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Counterpoint. Counterpoint.
here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. And this part of Counterpoint brought to you by Pizzaville. 416-736-3636 or head on over to pizzaville.ca and they will get you set up. We got Andy Stinton and Michael Diamond weighing off on a bunch of things, including... Weighing off. He said he was a weightlifter in the break. I believe that. I don't. Got, okay, well, uh, I'll, I'll lift you. All right, Andy. String Bean, we'll go to the gym and test <laughs> your uh, skills. <laughs> the um, final in, uh, report of the inquiry into missing and murdered uh, indigenous women has now been released. And the authors of this report have stoked, I think, a real debate calling what happened to thousands of missing and murdered indigenous women genocide. The murders, the abductions, the human trafficking, the beatings, the rapes, the violence, and yes, the genocide will continue unless all Canadians find the strength, courage, and vision to build a new decolonized relationship with each other. All right, so that's some of the comments uh, coming out after, Michael. Um, I'm not sure many will agree that this is genocide because that would suggest that it would mean that a a government or several governments in this country uh, went out of its way or purposely tried to wipe out uh, and eradicate a, a whole race of people. So I think there'll be a great debate over that. But, you know, she's suggesting, and I think what is problematic about this report, and I think there are a few things, is that it's very wide sweeping and generalized. It doesn't actually say how you're going to solve anything. So therefore, what happens to it? Well, look, that's uh, one what one of the early criticisms when the inquiry uh, was launched that people wanted action. And I think we do need action. And I, and I agree with much of what we just heard in that clip. We do need to have better relationships between all Canadians. And the treatment of Indigenous Canadians has been, frankly, deplorable. Uh, that these, you know, any murdered Canadian is unacceptable. Any abducted Canadian or human trafficked Canadian, totally unacceptable uh, and disgusting. And we need to fix that as a society. To call it genocide, though, is just, it misses the mark and it's creating a controversy so we're not actually focusing we're, we're not it. focusing yeah. on on what we need to focus on and building that new relationship we're focusing on her improper use of a word before we had this inquiry though and the reason harper didn't feel that you know inquiry was necessary andy was because we already have data we already have information that most women in indigenous uh, gr- groups are killed at the hands of their partner happening in domestic situations. So we've had a lot of this research on the table for years, and yet we still have done nothing about it. So we're, we've been failing these people waiting for reports and this and that. We know already a big part of this is committed at home. Yeah, you know, I'm embarrassed to say this, but but I, I think I'm probably very representative of the majority of the population until I had to read this today. I'm going, uh, subject, you know, there's more people, there's another inquiry. And then I started to read it, and there was something on CBC that they were doing an interview on. I had no idea. Like I say, I'm embarrassed to say I had no idea how deeply this goes, how systemic it is. And one of the things in our briefing notes is, as Canadians, can we step up? But I found the problem to be so huge. Well, exactly. How do you, as a Canadian, step up? How do you how do you go that you've got these systemic problems? The RCMP in itself, in the way it's it's not investigating these problems. Do you go back and look at every? Well, we saw how they investigate it when they interviewed a young girl in Kelowna. In Kelowna. I mean, that was shocking. Yeah. There was some of the stuff that you can't mention on the radio that was shocking too. As just Joe, average citizen, 
I have no clue where you start. It's like this gigantic ball of string. Where do you start to pull it apart and make it yeah. into into a, a cohesive system that gives these people justice? In other words, it becomes very symbolic, but nothing changes. Yeah. Yeah, look, uh, as the government, we need a government that will start thinking beyond the Indian Act and providing actual rights to Indigenous Canadians, and, and that will take a lot of courage, but I hope we start hearing more of that from Indigenous leadership and uh, seeing that from uh, the federal government. I, I, I don't think it's just a government. I think it's a series. This problem has gone on too long that I don't think it's down to one party. I think it's a series of governments, be they conservatives or liberals or NDP, that, that, that just keep on going if, at this problem. If a mess and a, a, a catastrophe that's been built over multiple generations of neglect by the government will take multiple yeah, so generations less, of government Less inquiries and action, yeah. more action. Because, yeah. you know, less talk, I want to hear the I see the action. Um, when the Canadian Society for the Study of Education meets in Vancouver, there will be a trio of <laughs> education theorists who will argue that dodgeball is not only problematic in the modern sense of displaying hierarchies of privilege based on athletic skill, it's outright miseducative. It's unethical. It's an unethical tool of oppression, they call it. Good God. So I see this this headline, and they're saying that dodgeball isn't just problematic. It's an unethical tool of oppression. And to that, Andy, I say the researchers were clearly the last chosen for the team and clearly got pegged in the head. What <laughs> a load of crap. I mean, seriously, this is Pure crap. This is a hundred percent crap, not diluted by anything. But they don't like any of the games. Bridge Bulldog, they don't like but any of these. Here's what games. it is. When these poor little people that never played dodgeball or British Bulldog step out into real life, and they get drilled get with hit, a ball. They were gonna get drilled with a lot of balls, <laughs> theoretical, imaginary, and real. You know what? So what? You're the worst. The last one that was picked, like Michael always would have been. Wow. And and it's going to get hit with it. But that's life. And it teaches that that same kid that got picked on physically might have been a math genius or a chess champion. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. And there's a lot of good lessons in in these games that we play in elementary school. Excuse me. They called it murder ball in my day. So at least they've softened it to dodge ball. But it was called murder ball. And also... You know what? We have a problem, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little incorrect here. What, what do we have a problem? Because I can say this because I was one of them. We have a whole <laughs> lot of fatties running around the schoolyard, and we need to emphasize physical activity, getting them moving. Run faster, you won't get hit and, by the ball. And and, and 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 in the movie, they were they were playing with wrenches, and if mm. you could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball. These are good skills to learn. Do, I think do you know the worst, dodge, worst dodge, bit about dodgeball? Dodge I don't know what balls you had in your school, but in England, they actually change shape. If somebody threw them. Like a medicine ball. Yes. Was that what it was? Well, no, and you could see heavy. it coming for you. And it, if they were really good, you'd see it tear-shaped okay. coming for you. So you'd go, Andy is oh, clearly damn. scarred by dodgeball. Maybe these education well, that's panelist they it with a experts ball. are right. No, no, I dodged them. I never got hit. This is, this is a country where police officers don't even carry guns. No. All right, let's uh, quickly get this one in, because this is actually a very big headline. Uh, the, the Swiss Supreme Court uh, has ordered Track's governing body to suspend its testosterone regulations on Castor Semenya. She's the South African kind of uh, transgendered sprinter whiz. But the International Association of Athletics Federation had ruled just a couple of months ago that her testosterone levels were unfair, giving her unfair advantage over the other female athletes. And so they were saying, if you're going to compete, you've got to stop taking you know these levels of hormones and make your testosterone basically flat. To which the court said, no, you can do whatever you want. And to me, I'm saying... 
This is not fair. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Okay, okay. You just set a level. Okay. No, but they're saying she doesn't have to have any medication. No, but hang on. They set a level. I don't know how you measure testosterone. So women are going to be able to take testosterone. So, so if you say that it's a forty that you need to have mm. in women, it's a forty. You just make a level, and that's it. Okay, so it, the women then can take testosterone. The female athletes can. If I just, they want, it's that's okay. the level. Okay. Okay. Because Andy, that, that levels the playing okay. ground. It, it sounds to me that Andy would have been very supportive of the East German Olympic. Team. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I was a big fan of that. That barbed wire climbing was really big. Okay. I, I think that clarifies where I stand. But this is not fair. This is an issue, and it certainly isn't. I mean, if you're a woman, it's an issue because it's like basically they're saying, get out of the way. If, if you're a female athlete who dedicated their entire life to training to be the best of the best, and now you're competing against someone who's got testosterone, how does that have to be rules, Alex? There were uh, rules. The, 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 the court struck them made down. A rule. The it, Federation said this is what you have to do. But there has to, it's, it's simple. I mean, you started to read that article, and they got more rules than Sharpest Dog Mart has got pills, right? And so what they need to do is say, here's the level, that's it, bang, let's move on. Because this is going to keep coming up and coming up with transgender people. Right. But and, they did make a rule, and I guess what's happened now is, is people are learning that you can go to the courts to get everything quashed. My rule is simple. Okay. There's a level. Move right. on. So the women can now take testosterone in Andy's world. Yep, that's it. On that note, Andy thank should you start too. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. That's Andy Stinton, small business guy, and Michael Diamond with Upstream Strategy joining us for this edition brought to you by Pizzaville. You can get that at 416-736-3636 or pizzaville.ca. They'll get you set up here on Point on Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.